This is Luscious Lou, and I listen to the Comic Syndicate. If you love comics, you'll be into what? Listen to the Comic Syndicate. If movies make you contemplate, just science will accommodate. Twitter for communication at Comic Syndicate 1. I was drowning in a sea of podcasts, and then I found the one I need at long last. Book reviews, the news, and sex facts. Episode of Comic Syndicate. Check them out at thecomicsyndicate.podbean.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate, episode 323. I'm your host, Josias, at For the Villain on Twitter, at Comic underscore Syndicate on Instagram. Uh, welcome back to another episode, guys. Let's hit it like we normally do because I have a really long show this week. Let's hit it like we do. The Comic Cynic episode 223, we entitled Hashtag Another Pod Idea. At For the Villain Hits, what we spoke about 100 episodes ago, talks the Comic Cynic at Fantasy Football League 2018, then goes into another very ambitious stunt. Yay, nay, or tap out. Okay, kind of chuckled on that one because it's the third podcast. It's the third podcast. It's uh, the Audio Chronicles, completely different than uh, Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes, and even the Comic Syndicate podcast. It's a strictly one-on-one sit-down interview, and it's not even an interview. It's a conversation, and and that's what it is. It's just a conversation, but more again, strictly interview-based. I steer the ship, and I. That's all I do. I let the person answer, and um, I haven't done one in a long fucking time, but I've met some interesting people, fuck me, the past few years where I'm like, okay, this sounds interesting. I think I can pull this person and that person for for something and just have a sit-down, shoot-the-shit conversation. Uh, So, yeah, uh, obviously I – I did a few. I did two, actually. I got to do way more. So that's the one idea. Uh, Very ambitious, again, because the first two are a lot of work. And, uh, yeah, that's still going on. I'm going to work on more of those soon as well as put some new Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes podcasts out soon as well. Then hits Comic Talk, Ryan Reynolds to produce Stoned Alone. Lock and Key on Netflix, IMAX Avengers 4 Plans, Marvel Fox Buyout News, Rick Remender Last Days of American Crime lands on Netflix, Rumor, Matt Reeves to adapt Batman Year One, Comics Uncanny X-Men Back, X-Men Black, then finally Rock's X Rock's comic reviews, Tony Stark Iron Man number one, and Transformers Unicron number one. So I had recorded that one in 2018, Tuesday, July 31st. Uh, four days later, on August 3rd, I recorded and dropped a Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes podcast. That one was entitled Hashtag We Were Warned. Uh, the Comic Syndicate presents a very a very special teaser preview episode of Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes. RG Flores leads at for the villain down a topic that should have been interesting, but went off the rails extremely quick. Catch us as we rabbit hole, which common phrases immediately make you suspicious of someone. 
And now come to think of it, I remember what this one was. I think we gave Victoria and RG, I gave them the keys to like, all right, dude, you need to get used to being on the mic. You need to get used to leading uh, the conversation. My co-host at the time, RG Flores, I saw him uh, this past weekend, him and his brother, Alan Flores, for Alan's uh, baby shower. So it was great to see both of those, and Carl, who's in our summer movie draft. So it was great to catch up with those guys in person. It's been a while since uh, we've all gotten together. But yeah, uh, when I was doing the deep dives and rabbit holes, RG was my co-host, and I, I wanted to give him more free reign. Like, all right, dude, how about if we do this? You host one, you lead the conversation, or I'll even bring the facts to the table, but you're leading the show. You're co-host, so take more of those active duties. I know how to do it on my shows, so it was good to have him branch off and and do great. But yeah, uh, Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes are a completely different podcast as well. I take one particular topic about anything, and so it's a comic. It's a comic. It's a podcast about anything and everything. Uh, no topic is off the table. It's just a fun banter. It's a good, I guess, best way to look at it would be very water cooler conversation talk, uh, and those are coming up soon as well. All right, let's hit some bullet points real quick. So first off, I'm going to hit some huge shout outs. Um, Andrew Lewis. So the intro, uh, he wrote our intro and, um, just wow, man. Thank you. Uh, I think this is my favorite part of doing the podcast. Like, yes, I get to meet cool people as far as interview people and go to San Diego comic con, Los Angeles comic con, WonderCon, and Anaheim. I get to do a lot of cool things. I get to meet a lot of cool people and get these cool interviews. But it's conversations like this one with you guys, the listeners, you guys, the audience that just makes me feel good and it, it makes it completely worth doing this. So uh, Andrew had hit me up on the site on Twitter and in my DMs and he left me his number. He's like, hey, dude, you've been a great person, a great friend. And just, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, I, I don't ever, if anything ever happens, I don't want to lose contact with you. Here's my number. I ended up texting, texting him, but, um, just, just to have you guys do that. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm not, you know, good or good enough on the show. Like it fucks with me sometimes. I know they're not all winners, um, but I come out swinging sometimes and I can put out really good fucking shows too. But again, uh, I feel sometimes like, okay, that wasn't the best one. I'm not even the best host. Um, even sometimes, not going to lie, sometimes I'm feeling the lack of confidence like a day like today or I don't like recording during my lunch breaks because if I go long, I have an hour lunch break and I know I can kill an episode in an hour, but that's time I could be using for myself, uh, my downtime. So I have, when I say I have zero to no downtime, I have zero to no fucking downtime. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so when I get conversations like this from Andrew, like uh, telling me, you know, talking to me, it's beautiful and I completely love it. You know, once I get started doing the show, it's just fucking fun. And by doing something as corny as this, this podcast, you know, conversations with Andrew, again, just put me in awe. And, and I love when you guys reach out. To, to me this way so andrew i love you dude you are rad uh, all you listeners listening that have stuck with me for the longest time i legit love you guys you guys rock i would not have i don't know i wouldn't be 
look, the audience, the numbers, the downloads are, are huge. Uh, we lost 30,000 downloads way back when. Uh, it's going to go up to 71,000 downloads soon, which is a nice number. I do pay attention to numbers. I'm a stat guy. So, uh, again, much love to you, Andrew. I do appreciate it. So it's great to be texting you on the side, man. So thank you so much. Uh, and I guess uh, I'm going to add Sarah Kitsinis on, on this shout-out as well. She's hitting me up on the side. I'm um, talking about her podcast. Like, the simple, hey, dude, we put out a really cool Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. I'm like, yeah, I saw it pop into my, my queue. I will listen to it when I'm when I'm at work on Monday which was yesterday. So she's shooting the ship with me back and forth. And she's like, I'm just about caught up with yours. And she's chiming in on my episode. I'm chiming in on her episode. Uh, Sarah, you're a sweetheart, dude. You rock. And I do appreciate the support from you as well. So um, when I say I do listen to you guys, I'm not lying at all. So Sarah and her host, Derek, do the Oh No, Not Another One podcast. You guys can find her anywhere. They're great together. Derek sounds great. He's got some voice work uh, on on his side. He sounds great. And uh, the last episode was about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're going to do a part two of that one. Sarah, what days do you guys record? I want to say on the weekends, right? Um, So if you guys want, it's a good, great show. Um, first two episodes were about the bear, the FX series. One piece was the last two. And then this is, I believe episode five with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle talk. And the second part is going to drop soon as well. Another podcast, another old friend of the show, Jacob Medina and his wife, Eva host the weird street podcast. They did, a they did, a a two-part show on their podcast recently about Charles Manson. Very good facts. Um, very cool. They just break down weird. Oh, supernatural. It's a dark. It's it's not a dark podcast. I don't want to, you know, put them in that box because they're not. But uh, Jacob brings weird, even supernatural things to the table. I guess of real life events like the Charles Manson and the Manson murders. Um, so very interesting. I do listen to that one. And um, I want you, I'm telling you guys this to subscribe to these guys. These guys are friends of mine. I look at my audience not as listeners, and I don't even like saying audience, but even listeners. Um, I definitely don't like saying fans because that just makes me sound pretentious, and I never want to sound like that. But friends, guys, like you guys are all my friends. Like, dude, Eric, I fucking love you, homie. Uh, Andrew, like I just mentioned, love you, dude. Uh, Jonathan Villanueva, who I'm pretty sure still listens. Lupe, Lupe uh, Lynn, all you guys. Like, I fucking love you guys. I adore you guys. Um, so, yes, find these guys. They're everywhere. And then the last but not least podcast is going to be my boy Adam Garza uh, on the Comics and Tortillas podcast uh, with Hector Cornejo and Ben Davis. I believe that's his last name. Uh, great show. And honestly, this is not going to sound weird or sound completely weird. Adam's is the only comic book podcast I listen to. There are a lot of comic book podcasts and review podcasts out there. And Adam, you're the only fucking show I listen to, dude. Um, uh, I mean, Sarah's is a pop culture one. Mine is, I'm not going to listen to myself. Once I put it out into the world, like, it's like, I never want to look at it again. Like I'm going to whore myself off for sure. And, and put commercials up and, and, you know, promote my podcast, but I'm not going to, not going to listen to myself. So Adam, a much love always for, dude, thank you for giving me the love always on your show, dude. I do appreciate it. You guys sound great on the show, dude. I'm happy to see you. 
uh, flourish the way you have and, and become such a better host, man. You sound great. And follow him on his YouTube channel. He think he just hit 500 listeners or subscribers. And it's going to be, I believe, the Comics and Tortillas podcast on there as well. So please find him, guys. He's a great guy. All those guys are a bunch of great guys. And that's all I have. Okay, question of the week. Now, based on my reviews at the end of the show, uh, I come across something and I'm like, this is going to be fucking completely corny and cheesy. Um, and it's definitely not anywhere near as existential or beautiful or thought-provoking as the other questions of the past episodes have been. I've been a little bit busy and I've read that one. I'm like, you know what? This is fucking dumb. And then it got me thinking like, well, when was the last time you and this happened to you, Josiah? And I'm like, fuck me. And I got... It got me thinking, and I'm like, I've almost been in many. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to fucking spit it out because fuck me. Um, okay, I'm not going to say – again, I'm just just very curious. Question of the week. I'm not saying it's a good thing, and people shouldn't be this way in particular. But sometimes certain situations just cause any certain outcomes. But when was the last time you were in a physical fight? Hmm. Now, I thought it was interesting because I'm like, when, when was the last time you were in a fight, Dick? And I'm like, I remember exactly the last fight I was in, about 2018. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, and then the, the piggyback question to that one was, did you win or did you lose? Now, for females, no offense, most women don't fight and they avoid confrontation guys male audience out there when was the last time you guys were in a fight and did you win or lose and even fuck it hit me up on the side hit me up on twitter instagram wherever you guys want just hit me up and i know it's like why the fuck would i be getting in a fight i'm too old look i'm too old to be getting into fucking fights but again certain situations now still uh, tend certain outcomes like i said completely cheesy and i was just curious all right to round up this um, bullet points, week two of Spooky Story Talk. Let's hit that for now. For the month of October, it's going to be week two. I'm going to roll these out the next two more weeks after this. Uh, if you have any stories or personal experiences uh, you would like for me to share or read, please reach out to me so I can read those as well. All right. It's going to be based on a true story. This is my actual true experience. So... This happened when I was a kid, maybe about fuck, four or five years old, maybe six. Uh, the weird thing about me, I have memories up until when I was about three years old. I know that's very rare, but I do legit have memories of where I was living when I was a baby toddler and even going to elementary school. So this is what I saw and experienced straight up when I lived off of Rosewood Street in Santa Ana, down the street um, from my elementary school, maybe about 10 houses down the street from my elementary school. So I, I was walking to elementary school at, at four years old. And I, I, again, think about it like you're not supposed to start school till you're about five I started elementary at four years old. Uh, I know, very weird, but again, all these memories are just, I, I know these things. Uh, again, I don't know why I have these memories, uh, or, yeah, I don't know, maybe I just have a good memory. I, have, I remember living in a trailer park briefly before this, but nothing uh, stood out about that, that trailer park we were living in. Not as nothing as clear as this at 
four to six years old Josias. So, um, so this, we were living on Rosewood and I'm pretty sure, um, this was weird. Okay. So my baby sister was a toddler at the time. My baby, my, my baby brother was a baby. Uh, my baby brother Ray was a, a baby at the time. So I remember going again, kindergarten at four years old. And I remember walking into my parents. Okay. Uh, it was about a three bedroom house and where my parents room was, was on the left side. There's a long hall from the living room that leads straight up to, to their bedroom. And as a kid, again, four to four to six years old. And I think I got to be younger, dude, five, four years old. And it, it's nighttime and I'm walking to my, my mom's and dad's room and their light is on in their room. Their window is closed, but their window blinds, curtains are open. And I'm just walking to their room. I remember the house being really quiet at the time. And honestly, I don't recall anyone fucking being there is a weird fucking thing like i and this was at the time like i came from a different generation where where we didn't have babysitters um that's just a fucking thing we didn't have fucking babysitters so they probably just left the tv on for me but it wouldn't explain why why moses my older brother uh jonathan or, or donna weren't there uh so i mean they probably were but as far as i can recollect it was quiet and I'm walking to their, their room, my parents' room, and um, I look out the window, and there is a floating, a female's floating head um, that looks uh, glowing, almost. And I just looked at it, like, and just stood there kind of in shock and scared. And I couldn't move because I'm like, that's what's going on. What? the hell is that um if just little josias knew what what the fuck was he would have probably said what the fuck uh and ran out and i just remember standing and like slowly walking away and and it maybe the whole thing lasted maybe 30 seconds but again this female figure a floating head floating outside my parents window now that happened to me, that's something I saw at, again, four years, five years old, six years old. Now, being born, raised in Orange County, uh, let's chalk this one up. Like, let's be real. Look, maybe my parents, my, my dad had taken us to Disneyland, and the corniest thing I can similarly put that to is uh, the, the medium's head in the glass ball on the Haunted Mansion. Most weirdest thing i can identify with what it was similar to what i saw out there now it was just a floating head it wasn't a gown it wasn't anything like that and since that day i've never seen or experienced anything like that ever that particular thing ever again because this is spooky fucking story talk and i got two more weeks of telling you guys fucking spooky fucking stories of shit that has happened shit that i've seen um shit that i still feel like I, I do believe in the paranormal i do believe in spirits i do believe in evil spirits i believe in possessions i believe in good and evil and uh, Yes, the, the, those ideals. I believe in aliens. I believe in, in a lot of fucking things. Do you guys believe? Maybe that's another side question. Do you guys believe in, in any of these things? And if you don't believe in any of those things, um, 
shoot me a message. Why don't you believe in these things? Like maybe it's just something you didn't believe in. Maybe you're atheist. Whatever reason you might have, tell me why. I'm just kind of curious. But um, my dad being a minister, and actually I'm not going to spoil anything because that's going to be another spooky story talk I'll, I'll share probably the last month or the last week of the month. Now, um, off of this, I haven't told anybody about this. And fuck me, I don't think I've told a lot of people in my life before. So me doing the homework I am, I, I, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Let's finally search this out, Josiah. Let's Google search the fuck out of this. Let's see if you can find an answer to this. And I finally came across several things um, about this particular entity I might have seen. Um, so this is called uh, the Krisu. Is and uh, this is off of wiki. Now I did some deep dives too, and I'm like, okay, I still can't find any answer. So this is uh, the Krisu. Yeah, the Krisu is a nocturnal female spirit of Southeast Asian folklore. It manifests as the floating disembodied head of a woman, usually young and beautiful, with her internal organs still attached and trailing down from the neck. Now. Again, I didn't see anything longer than just, you know, long hair, probably like if she had shoulders. Um, but no, just a head, literally just a head. No, nothing hanging down from her neck unless, but just long, long streaming, beautiful hair. And, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. She, even as a kid, I had, she, like, I had a crush on her. No, um, I, I thought she was beautiful. Like, uh, you, you know, even as a kid, oh, she's pretty, you know. She was pretty, like she wasn't ugly. I know if she was ugly <laughs> or, or beat up, that sounds fucked up, or beat up or, or like scarred face or even zombie looking. I know I would have probably been freaked out, uh, but, but this one wasn't that. She was a beautiful woman. The Krusu belongs to a constellation of similar mythological entities across different regions of Southeast Asia. These regional variations all share in common that they are characterized by a dis disembodied woman's head with organs and entrails hanging from its neck. Along with the Krasu, Krasu, so K-R-A-S-U-E, there is uh, the App in Cambodia, the Lao in Laos, the Kyung in Indonesia, uh, the Liak in Indonesia, um, Vietnamese has the U Mananangal, um, in the Philippines, um, so yeah, there are different stories. There are different um, different sightings of this, but it's all again from Thai, Cambodian culture, Laos culture, Indonesian culture. Um, so Southeast Asia is where these stories came from, according to the ethnographer. Uh, I'm sorry, ethnographer uh, Freya um, Newman. Rajadon, the Krusu is accompanied with a will-o'-the-wisp-like luminescence glow. The explanations attempted about the origin of the glow include the presence of methane in marshy areas. The Krusu is often said to live in the same area as the Krang Yang, a male spirit of Thai folklore. Now, when I was remembering this and recalling this vision, whatever it was I saw as a kid, uh, I, I'm like, okay, she didn't, she was just a head and beautiful, long streaming, dark black hair and no entrails that I saw, but I, I completely remember her glowing. Now doing more homework on this in particular, 
And trust me, there's going to be a deep dives episode about this because now I'm, I have everything up and I have a bunch of links. I'm like, okay, now you got to find time to do work and deep dive this bitch, Josiah. That sounds terrible. I'm going to deep dive a floating head lady. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do the fuck out of that for sure. Um, I, weird. So I'm looking up information and trying to figure out like, okay, well, let's try now. American folklore. Let's try to figure out if have, there have been any particular sightings about that in the United States. Zero. I, I can't find anything. And I'm still not done deep diving, but I'm unable to find any accounts or variations of this story or vision being anywhere in the United States at all. So that is my week two spooky story talk. All right, like I said, it's going to be a long one. Give me a few, and I'll be right back with some comments. Hey, this is, hey, this is Scott Snyder. I'm writing All-Star Batman uh, this year, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. I'm Mitch Garrett, the artist and sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer of Sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Bucciolato, and I listen to Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michelle, and we're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and we're having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, and uh, you're listening to me live on Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comic Syndicate. Comic Comic Talk. All right, guys, I'm back with some comic talk. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. Um, I know it's not spooky, spooky story, um, but it's a story. That's something I experienced, so I thought it was worth uh, shouting out here and tossing out. Because now, again, like I mentioned, I have more work to do on this and different uh, versions and variations of this one. So, yeah, if you guys have seen anything like that, please let me know. And if you guys have your own stories, again, one more time, please let me know. I asked all of the comic news for this week because I think I have three or four reviews. And I knew it was going to be a long show, especially with the spooky story talk. But it's the month of Halloween, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. So first review is going to be a Skybound Entertainment image comic imprint title this one's going to be transformers number one daniel warren johnson is the writer and the artist mike spicer is the colorist russ wooten is the letterer starts off with pages uh and panels uh first of all one of helicopters in the desert one of an alien ship flying through space another of a war battlefield and one of optimus prime looking beat the fuck up jacked up eyes closed um so definitely battle damaged and his face again jacked up almost looking like he's on a gurney of sorts and then goes in pages of a young boy looking for and finally finding his dad that happens to be at a bar the kid we see is spike um once finding his drunk dad once he finds his drunk dad he tells him where he's going and they have this odd conversation you know of of, of a certain man where the dad says like just forget about him so I'm trying to figure out who it is. The son, older son, probably. Uh, Spike is about oh, a teenager for sure. Uh, the kid reassures his father that he won't end up like this particular person they're talking about. Very vague about who this person is. So then his dad makes his way off to work, shit-faced, completely drunk. And, and so he makes his way off. We see Spike's friend now as Spike makes his way off. We see him with his young friend, a girl named Carly. And they start talking about their future, their future ambitions, um, all while they go out uh, for the night to watch the stars. They're stargazers. They have a telescope in hand, and as they make their way around, um, they're, an earthquake kind of hits, and they, 
they end up because of this earthquake they end up falling into an old ruin that happens to be like one of the jet thrusters of the autobots ship so as the kids uh walk around this ship to figure out like where the fuck are we they see uh one of the main rooms <laughs> scattered scattered full of uh dead literally dead autobots and decepticons like everyone's just sprawled out dead uh prime Soundwave, Starscream, Bumblebee, Jazz, all wiped out, just all over the place. And then we see one finally arrive, also beat up as well. But one of the last survivors, he says, My fallen friends, it is finally time. Had I had enough power to lift the ship from its mountain trap, I would bring you all home. But I only had just enough energon to trigger the earthquake and reveal yourselves to me. As he now enters the cartridge and then continues on, until the day that we can gather enough energy to return. I have found you new forms, ones that the creatures of this earth will find familiar. This computer, Teletron 1, can piece you all together to full strength. And it's just cool to see the computer, this Teletron 1, the computer, go to work and literally piece back uh, each of the Transformers one by one. And so Prime is is... One, okay, no, the first one that gets brought back first is Starscream of all fucking people. And the Telecon, Telecron one is just choosing random Autobots and Decepticons. Um, and then another, another Decepticon. And then finally Prime. So very weird. And we see Starscream be Starscream and he's, there's Bumblebee's dead fucking body. And he just walks up to him and just fucking blasts him in the face just because he's Bumblebee. Um, so it was cool to see. Now, um, this is going to be a retelling of sorts. So uh, Transformers was for the IDW imprint for the longest time. And I know it's been everywhere. So Marvel Comics did have Transformers for a long time in the 80s, I believe. And then uh, they've jumped all over the place. IDW, I love IDW. Uh, They're the ones that put out The Last Ronin, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, The Ghostbusters. Like, still great storytelling, still comic book. Um, Great, great company. But, um, so this is retelling uh, under the Image Comics Skybound um, banner now. Now, the thing about this one is Robert Kirkman owns Skybound. It's his company. It's, it's, It's his group an offshoot of Image Comics. And a while back, he had this brain trust where it's like, okay, let's take the Transformers world and retell it again. So when they were with IDW, Transformers, and so Robots in Disguise, all the titles were in IDW. There was a particular artist at the time named Rivio Ramondelli. Livio, I'm sorry, Livio Romandelli. I've interviewed him. I'm sorry to butcher your name, Livio. Uh, his art is a fucking amazing, especially the way he draws Transformers. He, he just nails it every fucking time. So to give me a retelling of the story of Transformers. I don't mind that at all. I grew up in the 80s. I'm a huge fan of Transformers. Like I, I can name a bunch of Autobots and Decepticons just by looking at them. And um, so anyways, um, this is a retelling. So it's issue number one. The art in this one is 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 weird like i like it and the art is almost gritty to to a weird extent now i like the art because it goes with the form of storytelling that's going on because it's already gritty like they're coming out of the gates and everyone's beat the fuck up and jacked up and dead already anyways telecron one is putting them back together 
And Starscream just, again, takes out fucking, I was going to call him Butterbean. Uh, Bumblebee, Butterbean. Uh, Butter, Butterbean, fuck me. Bumblebee. Sorry, guys. You feel free to laugh. Um, Bumblebee. And so it's just the grittiness behind it. Butterbean. I'm going to name this show Butterbean. And um, so it, it, the grittiness I like with the art. It goes well with him. Now, Jeff Lemire has the same type of style where he's a writer and artist. And when he draws his own words, it just goes so well. So even though this is not my favorite type of art, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's worth checking out, guys. So find it. It's definitely a, a checkout episode or issue. Sorry about that. So again, because me loving the world of, of the Autobots and Decepticons and Transformers in general, I liked it. I'm not going to go more in depth than that. But yeah, I'm going to definitely pick up number two. Next one's going to be The Sacrificers, number three. This is an Image Comics title. Rick Remender is the writer. Max View Mara is the artist. They're both the creators of this title. Dave McCaig's the colorist. Russ Wooten is the letterer. Starts off with the narrative from the Harvest Gala that happens every 20 years as the narrative continues on. And it's about uh, – it's coming from the daughter of Lord Cronius. Now, this narrative is very spiteful as she goes on about her father not wanting her to experience this harvest and continues on with the girl going off about all the guests of this gala this party of some sorts like this high aristocratic party for the most part is what it is and these guests are are all you know those different people of, of this world um and and very weird so each of the guests you know each of the guests of this party are from from each from a different like part of the ecosystem of this world so bird people orc people um which is interesting to see like the art's great, the storytelling. I'm iffy on this one. I know Adam, you said you loved it, but um, this one felt very Peter Pan-ish to me. Like um, on the island, give me one second. Pleasure Island. There you go. Uh, Pleasure Island from Pinocchio, where the kids are drinking and smoking cigars and all turn into jackasses. Very reminiscent of that particular scene. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, once I got to that scene, I'm like, I don't know if I'm feeling this. And I love Rick Remender. And maybe it was the gala where they're introducing so many fucking people. And maybe it was just throwing so many characters at the wall in one page, two pages, where it's like, fuck, I don't give a shit about any of these fucking characters. That dude looks cool. That broad looks dope. I don't give a fuck about any of these characters. Like, very weird. So I was very much on the fence about this episode, <laughs> this episode issue. And um, as I continued, it, it got darker at the end, um, darker than, you know, kids smoking, uh, drinking, and turning into jackasses. Um, it, it took a weird fucking turn. Something happens to the kids, the sacrificers. And then the way the title ends, I'm like, oh, this is fucked up. And I'm like, you know what? Last page, I'm like, I'm back on fucking board. <laughs> so if you guys are a fan of Rick Remender, if you guys have never read any of his work, uh, there's a bunch of recommendations I can give you. But um, this is 
a good one. It's issue number three. I can't wait to read the next one. It was interesting. So yeah, worth checking out now because of the ending, but just didn't like how it got a little bit convoluted with the introduction of so many characters. Next one is going to be a Marvel title. It's going to be X-Men number 27, Gary Duggins, the writer. Phil Noto, I always love his art. He's the artist. VCs, Clayton Cowles is the letterer. So this one was cool. Starts off with Kitty Pride uh, going on into a facility where... Um, a bunch of heavy hitter mutants are being held. So all the mutants, remaining mutants that were gathered after the Hellfire Gala were, everything went to shit and a bunch of mutants were massacred and they just got their asses kicked. Um, she wants to start breaking out and figuring out, pretty much get a consensus of how many remaining mutants there are in the world, not including the ones that Professor Charles Xavier sent to get butchered and massacred, wherever they might be. And we we know by this point where, where they're at or where they might be now anyways that's a different title so kitty pride is on this mission now she comes across and goes into the facility first person she finds is marco kane so juggernaut juggernauted out and it he tells kitty pride there's someone in the next room like they have me chained to someone in the next room so i just don't want to hurt or kill that person so can you phase through and find out who it is so it's very cool because it, it didn't make sense probably until Adam, you you kind of mentioned it on your show where it almost looks like they were chained up. So she faces towards the next room and it's Cyclops, Scott Summers, on an X shackled up and his eyes are completely sewn shut um, and she's about to phase him out of the shackles so she can get him number one of the first people the fuck out of there. And then she realizes like, oh, fuck, the booby trapped scott summers like if he gets moved he's a fucking time bomb um so she's like okay and just look at the facial expression she gives that phil noto draws on her are beautiful like i love his art anyways but you can tell she's like sad for for her friend like especially now because there's nothing she can do especially at this moment she has to bail she goes back tells kane shrug or not like uh dude don't fucking leave like Stay here, motherfucker. I'm going to unshackle your inhibitors. So break out in a few days So and take as many mutants as you can. So that's where was her mission anyways. This one was interesting, but again, I didn't realize that Adam, maybe they were shackled together, Scott Summers and Juggernaut. So not only if Juggernaut took off, but maybe he was the pin in the grenade type of deal. Maybe. But either way, Cyclops is a fucking time bomb and can't be moved. So anyways, it was a good title. I really enjoyed the art. Uh, great stuff with Fantastic Four. They go uh, to talk to and confront for information. It's worth checking out, dude. It's funny. But it was cool, dude. It's, it's again, worth checking out. The next one's going to be Book of the Week. I really enjoyed this one a lot. Batman number 138. Chip Zdarsky is the writer. George Jimenez is the artist. Tom Tomoy Mori is going to be the colorist. Clayton Cowles is the letter. Starts off with a monologue from Vandal Savage and what he's experienced upon finding a fallen piece of stone that granted him immortality. Then another one that uh, offered him, another one that offered the same to another person, having to be Ra's al Ghul, and how they have this immortal bond between each of them now. Um, and, but also need to use the Lazarus pits. So now we get interaction from them and dialogue, a conversation where they talk about how even now, uh, finding and laying or hopping into a Lazarus pit is very taxing on them. It still takes a toll on them. 
Then the story gets gnarly now. We get uh, pages and panels now between Red Hood and Batman, or pretty much Jason Todd talking to Batman, or more so Batman talking to Jason. <clears throat> this is fucked up. Take deep breaths, Jason. Your body is just getting used to it. Is this is this fear gas? No. Years ago, I created my backup personality, Zur, using techniques I learned from an old mentor and his machine that I built. I can't change your personality with it, Jason, but I can add to it. A small something. You're failsafe. Now, when you have heightened adrenaline, when you're about to do something dangerous, your fear kicks in. I'm sorry, Jason, but it's the only way. I love you, but you're a murderer. You're a bull in a china shop, and I go round after round with you trying to figure out how to help you make you a better man, to heal you. Jason's like, heal me? This isn't you, Bruce. You're, you're a controlling fuck expletive uh but never like this as batman has, i got you a new identity a place in metropolis you can have and live a normal life fall in love do meaningful work this isn't punishment jason i love you this is a gift any way you look at it you should be in prison for all the people you've killed this is me saving you from that saving you from yourself and jason simply answers and who's going to save you from yourself so this is just fucked up, dude. So now we get pages and scenes from Nightwing and Oracle now. As uh, they both know that Batman hasn't been acting like himself lately. So now Nightwing goes to an old safe house. Um, and it's really cool to see this aspect of Nightwing. Like Bruce had told Nightwing about this place. Like if something ever happens to me, if I ever go rogue or if something changes in me, you you have all the information you knew, you need to to stop me pretty much so we see this as nightwing goes to this place and he's telling nightwing again you're the only person i trust with this information and as nightwing is finally in, in this this warehouse this safe house as nightwing is about to grab what he needs robin robin uh robin damian wayne shows up and goes after nightwing he's like this is my father's stuff you shouldn't be here and I love Robin, and I love I love these characters, but now he wants to scrap with Nightwing. So then Oracle then calls from help right away. So as as she calls them, the first person to show up is Red Robin, Tim Drake. So Robin oh, Nightwing can continue on his mission, trying to get this this whatever he needs, this device, this information he needs. So. It's just interesting to see the different fights now. And once Red Robin, Tim Drake shows up, him and Damien don't get along. So even Damien telling him, like, dude, why are you even starting this? You know you can't fight me. And and Tim Drake's like, no, you're right, dude. I'm going to get my ass kicked. You are better than me. But all I have to do is give that motherfucker enough time to get the fuck out of here and get the information we need. And that was the plan to help out. Nightwing, so Nightwing can get whatever information he needs to stop or prevent Batman from from doing whatever he's up to. And again, it's his split personality that he created as a sort of failsafe that is finally coming to terms to the surface of of Batman and his persona now. So it's just really cool to see this, um, and they finally get they finally get information about Red Hood. Like uh, Batman rehabilitated uh, Red Hood Jason Todd in the worst possible way ever. 
and Batman and Nightwing scrap. Like, they start scrapping. It's a good fight. Batman is fucking up both Robins, really. Um, so Red Robin, Tim Drake, and Nightwing. Like, they're getting their asses kicked. I mean... Uh, actually, Red Robin does. Nightwing gets, gets a little bit beat up. Anyways, uh, Nightwing gets information that what what has happened to Red Hood. And that just sets something off in fucking Nightwing. Like, how dare you do that to your fucking family? And he just takes Batman to fucking school. And that's what's awesome to see this, this issue. And I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, it's just beautiful to see, like... Nightwing just lose it the way he does. Like, he knows Batman's gone too far. Bruce has gone too fucking far. And even though it, it, if it might not be Bruce's personality necessarily, it it's enough to piss off Nightwing where Nightwing goes to fucking town on fucking Batman. I loved it for, for that fucking particular reason. Um, hence the question of the week. <laughs> when was the last fight you got in? And did you win or lose? All right, you guys were rad. Uh, I could have gone way more longer. Jeez, that sucked. All right, guys, you guys rock. I will catch you next week. Um, actually, send me information, questions or stories, uh, spooky story talk, um, what you dig, what you don't dig, any shout-outs. Share the podcast more than anything, guys. Um, I know you guys share it, but like, tell friends about the podcast. Post it up on your own. Uh, don't just retweet. Um, I do love it and appreciate it, but any little thing you guys can do, rate, subscribe, um, I would appreciate as well. All right, you guys rock, and I love you guys as always. I'll catch you next week. Peace out. All right. When was the last time you got in a fight? And did you win or did you lose? This one's weird for me, dude. Um, I used to fight a lot. Like, but I was in a bad place. Well, look, I... I was in a bad place. I was looking for a fight. <laughs> uh, one-on-one, on one, two-on-one, three-on-one. Fuck it. I just wanted to hurt sometimes i wanted to hurt other people sometimes obviously but it was obvious and self-evident that i also mainly wanted to hurt myself so it wasn't like me and two dudes like let's go fuck this dude up it was like now fuck you and fighting three dudes again i was in a bad place at the time i'm not like that anymore uh so now i compare my my way of fighting and i know it sounds terrible guys but hear me out uh, the big boss, the Bruce Lee movie, where Bruce Lee forsakes fighting and stops fighting until something terrible happens to people he cares about. And you, there are certain reasons when you just have to fucking go to fucking work again. Uh, I keep saying, I've said in a bunch of podcasts in the past before, like I have my lightsabers put away, locked away, uh, there, I don't have any reason to bust those out, but Josiah is still fucking capable of going to fucking school and going to fucking work. And if need be, those lightsabers are coming out, and you're gonna go to fucking war with me, dude. Um, that's better than looking for a fight all the time. 
last fight I got in was about two, early 2018, late 2017, and I won. But I pulled a hammy or a quad. <laughs> so did I really win? I'm going to chalk that up to no because I was limping around for a good fucking month and a half, two months. Um, did I ever get checked out? Maybe that was the stubbornness in me. Um, so did I win? No. Uh, again, this Nightwing story and going to work just got me thinking like, when was the last time you were in a fight? Just I hope you guys don't get in any fights. Please. I love you guys. And that's it. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.